And welcome to Confound Depressed Downright Hopeful. I am Stephen Sturvin Michaels, and over in the corner we have Chan the Man Miller helping me bring another solo-ish podcast because I hate talking to a mic by myself. And, uh, you know, I'm bringing the depression. I don't know where we're going to find the hope. But uh, this week we are bringing you another episode of Confound Depressed Downright Hopeful because I said I'm going to bring you one every Friday. And whether that's me babbling to a mic, you know, I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, With the Confound Millennial, it took me a good 90 episodes before I felt like I knew what I was doing. And I'm not sure how long it's going to take me with this podcast to get like a feel for what it is, but I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm just rambling into a mic, and thank you for tuning in. If you're listening, you really care about me, you really care about the Confound Millennial, you care about content that I'm creating and that means the world to me and that's about what has been meaning the world to me lately because I feel like all I've got is this podcast really I mean I've got I've got this nice swaggy apartment right in the middle of town other than that I got my cats I got this podcast I got this Amish-looking motherfucker in the corner. Who likes screeching on the mic. But you know what? We accept that because at least we know he's there. Sometimes, you know, I'll be crying myself to sleep and I'll just hear this in the back of my head and I'm like, I know Chandler's there for me. I know it. But, dude, I've been having some freakouts lately. Like, I'm just going to get, like, this episode of Confound Depressed Downright Hopeful is going to be more depressed than hopeful, because that's where I've been uh, this past, shit, two months since my ex left me, and uh, I'm, I'm holding it together, but I'm not holding it together well. Like, I'm about to run out of my meds, which is the scariest thing that could happen for somebody like me. Well, that means go get them. Or. No, 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 no. That means go get them. Okay. I'm going to walk in there and demand... That they give me my meds, even though I can't have an appointment to get my meds refilled for another month. Um, what? Yeah. You see, I switched over where I was getting my medication from. It's the same company, but different offices. When I switched my to my new job, cleaning radiators. And the thing is, the people in the town that I work in, they got their heads so far up their ass, they don't know what they're doing. They lost all of my information, didn't 
even recognize me for being in there. And uh, they had to, like, take three of them to find my information. And when they finally found it, they said that I still had an account open in the town I live in, which I had seen them three times already. So that's an impossibility. And then I tried to call and schedule today in the town. Like, I freaked out on them. I was like, you know what? You guys have no idea what you're doing. So how about you just close out my account? And then I left. And I was going to open it back up in the town I live in. Where even though they don't know what they're doing either, they know what they're doing way better than... Like, the people that I switched to make the original ones look like they know what they're doing. Which is ridiculous, because they don't. But... I called today to get them, you know, to get an appointment and they still hadn't closed out my account. And for the past week and a half, I have called every day to this office and not gotten an answer. So I'm going to have to take off work early or go in late and go in and talk to these people and figure out why they didn't close my account like I asked them to. And even then... It's going to take a month before I can get my meds back. So, get your meds from them, and then close it. Can't. It still take that wa- or that long because of the holidays. They're all booked up. Because the holidays are tough on people. People come into places giving mental health help during the holidays. Like, it's a... You wouldn't think there'd be a busy time for the mental health industry, but there is, and it's the holidays, because a lot of people can't handle that. A lot of people don't have good connections with their family. There's a lot of loss. Like, if anybody has any loss in their family or friends around the holidays, that sticks, and that makes it tough. And so people need a little extra help around then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hope that makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of people I know. Like, for me, the holidays and February are really rough for me. And the holidays, it's because I don't really get along with my family. I get along with my dad. I love my brother, but I can't stand him. And we're not going to talk about my mom. But, like, a lot of the times, like Thanksgiving, I went over to my granny's house, and uh, everybody was there, but everybody was gathered around my little brother while he was talking about stuff he was interested in that I really couldn't care less, so I went out for a cigarette. Next thing you know, my granny is screaming at me to come inside to eat like everybody's waiting on me. I get in my car and leave. I'm not dealing with that shit. And so Thanksgiving was a really down day for me because I didn't I didn't even get to eat any turkey on Thanksgiving. Like 
I was outside smoking a cigarette trying to decide whether or not I was going to um, ask my granny to save me a plate. And then she comes out yelling. I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Fuck this shit. I'm out. No way. And, uh, I don't know. February, that's a tough one. Because that's the anniversary of when I got put into, or not put into, I put myself into the, uh, it's not really a mental hospital like you would think. Like, comic books make you think Arkham Asylum as soon as you hear mental health hospital. Like, not like somewhere where the mentally ill go to live, but somewhere where you go for about five days to kind of get back on your feet. They check your meds, try to find something that'll work for you, and you get a little bit of a break from life. It's, uh, I went there about six years ago now almost. And every February, it's tough around that time. I don't know if it's because of that or I do know that it runs in my family to have times that are tough. Like, you don't fuck with my dad around September. You just don't. He's, there's something going on there. I don't know if there's something that happened in a September once, one year. Or if it's just, that's the time of year that it hits him. Like, if we, uh, Sturvin men have, like, man periods that hit us a specific month out of the year but my man period hits me in February and last year that's when I ended up quitting my job which or pumping septic which dude how the hell did I put up with that so long we all questioned how I keep talking to my current boss about my old boss, and I keep thinking, how the hell did I stay through that? Like, I named the confound millennial the confound millennial because my old boss would call me the confound millennial, and he would only call me that because the only cuss word he wouldn't say to me is GD. And he would replace confound with that. And or replace that with confound. And it really bugged me until I decided I was going to take it, own it, make something out of it. But one day, it was the five-year anniversary of me going to go into that uh, mental place because I really just didn't want to live anymore. And I thought... I either need to do this or things are not going to look so good. And when I went in there, uh, you know, they, they got me on meds. They got me put straight. I found somebody that won't talk to me anymore, but I went to high school with. And it was it was cool to see somebody that I knew there. 
I made a uh, snowman that looked like E.T. with a woman that kept talking to herself the whole time. You know, it was a madhouse. But five years later, my boss decided he's going to start screaming and yelling and cussing at me. I just wouldn't have it anymore. And I threw a phone. I broke a screen. It was his phone. Good riddance. Whatever. He didn't hit me with a bill, so screw it. But I've been talking about him to my co-workers now, and I don't understand how... I think it speaks to my strength a bit that it took that day for me to quit. That I put up with him for so long. Well, what you always told me was it was the money. That's why you were staying. I'm getting paid more now, though. I thought it was the money. But the thing is, I keep... I always get locked into these jobs. And I think a lot of America has the same problem. That they... They get into a job and they get into the mindset that this is the only place that's going to hire me. Or this is the only place without doing this much amount of work or this, you know, much physical labor. And I'm going to tell you, I get paid a decent amount, like not, not great, you know, I like I could, I could stand to make some more, but. I've never made this much before, and I really, it's a boring job. Other than the occasional flaming radiator being yeeted across the shop. It's not that bad, but I thought I was locked down into this job, and I've I've worked 13 an hour and felt locked down into a job, and I've worked 8.50 an hour and felt locked into a job. And the thing is, you just got to know that there's always something else out there. You just got to look. And you can't stay in a place that's mentally abusive just for the money. And I've learned that lesson. It took me a while, but I finally learned that lesson. And I'll never work for that man again. You know, weirdly enough, somebody asked me about him the other day. They thought I was still working for him. And they uh, asked how he's doing. I just turned around and, you see... And this is another thing I'll talk about in a second here. Chandler, bring me back to alcohol in a minute. I was drunk as shit. And this guy called me. And he's like, hey, Steven, how's it going? You know, it, it's been a while. I, I heard you saw one of my workers today. And I'm trying my best not to tell him, go to hell, Chris. But I did my best, and I I put on a happy face, and I worked through it. And I got off the phone with him, but the next day I was ready to vent. These people that I uh, used to go to church with that 
used to go to church with him, asked how he was doing. I was like, he's the worst man in the planet. I hate him. (laughs) And I hope he gets everything he has shut down. And they were just like, oh. I was like, he cussed me out every other day. And he's the deacon of a church. If you ever wonder why I don't trust Baptists, it's him. No offense if you're a Baptist, but also I just really hope you don't act like him. I just don't trust anyone that acts like him. But getting back to uh, what I was saying, throw me back to alcohol. I'm quitting drinking tomorrow again. Well, not quitting tomorrow, quitting the day after tomorrow. Tomorrow I record the last Confound Depressed, or not Confound Depressed, Confound After Dark of the year, which is the podcast I do where one person gets completely wasted, the other person interviews them. And I said I would do five for the year, and this would make number five. And I'm not saying, you know, I might do one or I might do one or two next year, but I'm not going to I'm not going to drink as much as I have this year, which I haven't drank a whole lot compared to my past, but I've gotten scary close because I'm I'm a kind of alcoholic. I used to be. And now, like, really the thing is, I just have an addictive personality, no matter what it is. I like an escape. And with depression, it's very common for people to turn to alcohol, weed, harder drugs, what have you, to try to deal with it. And I'm not going to feel bad about turning to it. But I'm going to feel bad bad about is relying on it I don't think there's anything wrong with having like a day where you just don't want to keep on going and turning to something keep you going for the night but if it's a night after night thing and you're relying on it to keep you going there's there's something up. But the hard the hardest thing about it is when you're in that point where you're relying on something. It's so freaking scary thinking what are you going to do when you're when you don't have it to rely on anymore. Especially when you deal with depression and anxiety on the levels I do. Now, like I said, I'm not really relying on it right now. But it's it's been getting me through a lot of nights. But also, it's been getting me a bit of a gut going on, too. Like, I've got a beer gut. There's no doubt about it. There's no other way of saying it. I've got a beer gut, and I don't like it. Me and Chandler last year... We went to the mall for, was it Black Friday or was it the weekend before Christmas? It wasn't just the weekend. It was the day before Christmas. So we went to the mall the day before Christmas and we got some sweet deals. 
But Chandler just remembers all the people. But we got some sweet deals. But I got me a shirt. And we walked into this place. I think it was called Q. I'd never heard of it before, but All shit I know, looked fancy. It was the fanciest of fancy. And I walk in and I see a shirt that's on sale. I don't remember how much it's on sale, but it was on sale drastically. And I look and that shit's $50. And I look at Chandler and I'm like, you know what? I'm buying me a $50 shirt. This is going to be my first date shirt. It was a black leopard print shirt. Guess what? If I tried to button it right now. All the buttons would pop. I would kill somebody. I'd kill a motherfucker. Like, I would put on that shirt and it just... (laughs) All the buttons just fly out, hit people. Somebody falls over in their soup. It would not be a good day. But it looks like I have muscles because the sleeves fit so tight. (laughs) I mean, you could like wear it with a t-shirt underneath. Yeah, I do that, actually. I went on a date the other day, and that's exactly what I wore was a t-shirt with that uh, shirt. But if I tried to button it, it I'd make it one button before it ripped. And, uh, just one, just one, not even 12, just one. So I know I got to stop drinking the alcohols. If nothing else for my weight, because when I get fat, which I am right now, I also feel even shittier because that's one more thing to feel shitty about. Especially when I looked so sexy last year, Chandler. When was the last time you used your pull-up bar? Couple months. You should probably start doing that again. Yeah, probably. Right now I use it to hang my uh, do-rags and uh, bandanas. I don't think that's what it's for. But where else will I hang my bandanas? Um, a coat rack? I'm out of coat racks. I got them full up with hats and coats. Uh, you can lie. I need to borrow my boss's screwdriver. Or not screwdriver, but drill. That way I can reset my, uh, Star Wars coat hangers. I have coat hangers that look like their lightsabers being stabbed into a wall. Or you could buy like a $20 drill. But here's the deal, Chandler. I don't have that. But here's the deal. You're stopping drinking and smoking. And within that, you're going to have an extra $20. Within that, I'm going to catch up on the money that I really shouldn't have been spending for the past month. Or that too. On alcohol and cigarettes. Because I cut those out of my budget. But I still kept getting them. The cigarettes are going to be the hardest thing in the world, man. Like, I cut down to like five a day one day. And I thought I was going to murder somebody. Like, not anybody in particular. Like, I was just ready to walk out the house and find somebody to take out. 
thought we had to talk about your cigarettes on the last con. Yeah, five a day, two packs a week, and I tried that for two days. And I was ready to take someone down. But you can't just give up. You got to keep pushing till you're okay with it. But it's also, I don't want to quit sodas, alcohol, and cigarettes all at the same time. Because I feel like I will snap. I mean, the only soda you drink is Coke Zero. And it's so nice and refreshing, Coke Zero. I mean, you don't really have to stop that. Like, that's the least of your worries out of the three. Well, cigarettes don't make me fat, do they? Chandler, Google cigarettes and weight gain. I mean, do they make you want to eat? No. Okay. Well, those are pointy cigarettes, Chandler. But I haven't even really been eating that much. Really, what it is is I'm eating too much when I do, and not the right shit. But. I don't know. I had what else was I want to say? I only wrote down three things to talk about, Chandler. Why would I do such a thing? I mean, from what the very first thing on Google says is, you know, the Internet's always right. New study says, as this study was done in 2015... Even though it still says new five years ago, new study says smoking cigarettes might actually cause your weight gain. New slash smoking is really, really bad for you. Although it's true that people tend to put on pounds after they quit smoking, itself is also linked with increased weight gain, according to a study done at the Oregon Research Institute in Eugene. I believe it. I don't know how it works, but I believe it. But, you know, I started trying to write a song earlier today. I hadn't written songs in forever. How'd that go? Not well. I hadn't finished it. But I haven't finished a song since I wrote one about this girl named Taylor. Have you finished the musical yet? Absolutely not. Me and my buddy Caleb, who is a somewhat of a regular on the Confound Millennial, have uh, we've been working on a musical since we were in high school. And the poor kid, he keeps writing stuff, and he's just waiting on me to finish lyrics. And I am never in the mood to write lyrics to it. You know what needs to happen? What? Y'all need to sit down, do a writing show. On the Confound Millennial of where you finish the musical. That would be wonderful. But we have one uh, big disagreement on the musical. And it kind of ties in with everything we've been talking about so far. Um... He wants the main character, spoiler alert for our future musical, 
he wants the main character to kill himself at the end of the uh, musical. I'm guessing you do not. You want him to recover. I want him to recover. You want to know why? The main character's based on me. Yeah, I knew that much. And he freaking, he based it on me. And he wants me to off myself in the musical. How's that make you feel? It makes me feel sad. And angry. And like, I want to convey a different message. I get that it's a cool ending. And it's way more than just him offing himself. There's a lot going on in this musical. But, I want a redemption arc. And I feel like they're, I mean, we're not Shakespeare here. Okay, we don't have to write a tragedy. We're not writing a comedy by any means, but it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to end that way, Caleb. So, you want it to end like him redeeming himself or finding hope in something or you see that's the thing is I don't have a better ending than he does he's got the best ending but I just want it I want him to be able to the character has a mental illness and it's different than mine alright hold on so, how about this ending? He, You follow through with his ending, but right before whatever would kill him would kill him, there, I'm assuming there's someone that's really close to him. In True, the, but here's the big thing before in. you go into it. He's got multiple personality disorder. So he's not trying to kill himself, but the other personality. Okay. So it's, it's how do you convey that that he's willing to take himself out to protect those that he loves from himself without him actually doing it? How do you resolve? You, you have him about to do it and say it be a friend, a girlfriend a family member bursts in as it's about to happen like say for instance a gun gun drawn to his head finger on the trigger and the family member so forth friend comes and tackles him or something preventing it from happening and you know now right now all i've got going through my head is one of the songs from the musical like the overture song. See, that that works even better because it makes you think of a song in the musical. Well, he was supposed to off himself to that song anyways. It's one of the it's a song that pops up every now and then throughout the musical with changed lyrics. But uh and I loved that musical. We started it. We didn't even know what the crap we were writing. Like, he started playing a bit on a piano, and I was like, okay, the guy's got a cousin. And he's like, what? I'm like, just keep playing on the piano. Play that part again. He's got a cousin. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, all right, he's got a cousin. Do, 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 do. I need to have Caleb send me in a clip of that so I can just plug that every now and then. Maybe that should be the season two intro for the Confound Millennial. The in, like part of the song of the, whatchamacallit, the musical? Yeah, I've been trying to decide whether I'm going to keep the intro for the for season two of the Confound Millennial the same or switch it to a Capstan song. You know, it's like a TV show. Sometimes they change it. Sometimes they go back. Or I'm, sometimes they just revamp what I'm they're already using. I'm trying to decide if, whether we're American or Japanese. Because if we're Japanese, it's going to change every season. If it's American, we're going to stick to the same damn thing till we drive it into the ground. That's not what Chuck did. Chuck had the same song every year. It was... Okay, no, what they changed is the pictures to the intro. Like yeah, the video. they changed okay, the pictures. Yeah. The but song stayed the same, but the, song the video was always changed. Na-na-na-na. Okay. So, my main thought is... And we really, we need, what I've been trying to, I've been trying to get, because I don't like listening to the podcast too much. Like, I listen to it enough to make sure the audio quality is fine now, but I don't listen to the entire thing, because it's like I was there. I edit out what I need to edit out. Like, I know timestamps and all of that, but I don't listen to the whole thing. And I've honestly forgotten why I was saying I don't listen to the whole thing. I don't know where you were going with it, so I can't help. That's the bad thing about solo podcasts is while I'm talking, I'm currently also trying to decide what I'm going to talk about next. Um, But I don't listen to it. Don't listen to it. I don't know what the crap I was saying, but I don't. I don't listen to it. And, uh... Shit, that's gonna bother me for the rest of this episode, I swear, Chandler. Well, maybe you'll think about it. Yeah. But... Um... For as far as it goes with the intro... I was thinking about switching to, I really, man, I really wish that we had access to uh, Capstan's album, Restless Heart, Keep Running. Is that the new one? Yeah, that's the only one we don't have access to. But there's so many good songs and so many good riffs that I'm thinking about using one or two of those for an intro. But I don't want to say so long to Caleb's original thing. I like the original thing. But I also like the idea of switching up a little bit. You could just have him revamp the original thing. Or what you could do, you could I've smash had him do that it. Once. You could smash it with whatever you want to do it with. Ooh, I could try. I could see I got enough cap stand to try it. But I've already had them revamp it. Confound After Darks. Have you ever heard the intro to Confound After Dark? It's just like a more 
it's rocky a, one. It's right? a techno one. Oh, it's a techno one. Or it starts out with instead of the do 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 do, it's like a drunken sounding version yeah, of it. Yeah, you showed me that. And then uh, he's like, "Oh my god, are these guys drunk?" And then it drops in with a techno version. Yeah, you showed me. Which we kind of use. We use the techno version lately. Uh, at the end of the Cinelux intros, um, or ads for the Confound Millennial, but I'm thinking I'm I'm rearranging how we're going to do things, and I'm either going to use a clip of a Capstan riff, or use just Caleb's intro for the season two, which I guess. Even though you have to deal with a good bit of depression talk on the on Confound Depressed Downright Hopeful, this is the number one space you want to go to if you want behind the scenes of the Confound Millennial. Because I talk about shit that's not happened yet. Things that are coming into uh, the picture shortly. Very true. Oh, God. Okay. Look, I would love to be able to pull off 45-minute podcasts every time. But right now, I think we're pulling it pretty close to what I got content for. But what I'm going to leave on is usually I say I exit the podcast by saying something along the lines of, you know, I'm confound depressed, but I'm downright hopeful. I'm not really hopeful right now. I'm just confound fucking depressed. So, you know, don't don't worry about me, but... Prayers, vibes, rubbing Buddha's belly, what have you. Send it out. I'm confound depressed, and I'm hopeful that it'll get hopeful. Right now, I'm just... I don't know. I I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, I'm going to be cheesy. I'm sick of feeling so alone. Or. When I'm surrounded by a crowd. I just can't think straight. Pretending that I'm home